we need to talk about ideas, good ones and bad ones. We need to learn stuff about the world. We need an honest, intelligent, thought-provoking, and entertaining review of what the hell happened on this planet in the last seven days. We need to sit back and listen to the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove. Hello and welcome, dear listener. This is the Iron Fist and the Velvet Glove podcast. Uh, Episode 313, a special episode for you. It's not often that we get a victory to celebrate in the secular world, but we do actually have one tonight. So a special episode, I have with me the one and only deep throat, Craig Glasby, uh, uh, Vice President of Dying with Dignity. Welcome aboard, Craig, and congratulations on a solid victory. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Fist. And uh, yeah, it's sweet to win. It's sweet to win. And uh, hello, dear listeners. Yes. So um, for people who've listened to the podcast before, we've already gone through uh, the voluntary assisted dying laws. That was back in episode 299. So we're not going to repeat what the laws are and what's involved and how you go about accessing voluntary assisted dying. What I really want to do in this episode was talk to Craig about um, how the vote went, just the lobbying efforts in the final weeks and days, uh, what happened in Parliament, the speeches, anything that struck him as interesting. And then we're going to also look at, um, you know, this this is an unusual success story <laughs> and it needs to be examined in some respect as to how to conduct a successful lobbying effort when you're not a powerful coal lobby <laughs> or some other lobby with lots of money. So I want to talk to Craig about how Dying With Dignity did it. Um, what's... What, what were the efforts? What were the things on the ground? And if Craig was to be involved in another group on a... <laughs> Poor Craig's just had a Too early day. for that, too early. Yeah, just <laughs> hypothetically, um, what lessons that you've learned and, you know, for example, in my head I'm thinking things like the religious instruction lessons or chaplaincy or getting the census question changed or other things. What should community groups be doing? What lessons have been learned? Um how do we actually affect change? So those are the sorts of things that um, we'd like to talk about tonight. So if you manage to catch the live stream, please um, say hello if you're in the chat and we might get to your questions. But um, in any event, um, so Craig, um, the final vote, 61 in favour and 30 against. Mm, yeah, that was... Um, it, it... Along the way, you know, we were thinking, oh, gee, we might miss by one. <clears throat> and I'm talking, you know, quite a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And that became apparent that probably we would get it across the line just through our own talking to MPs and getting a feel for the land. And also the hint that there were some LMP uh, MPs that would come across. So so then, then when we got the sense that, um, yeah, we were going to get there, then our strategy changed a bit because we were thinking ahead to when government would change, LNP will get in eventually, something will happen. <clears throat> and we're thinking we have to have an emphatic win so that they're going to think twice um, about, you know, changing, making any changes, you know, just mm. you know, put a bit of fear in them. Yes. Um, so then all of a sudden we had a, a bit of a meeting and we were in a coalition. Um, we were in a coalition with some other groups and... Um, we had a meeting and um, the figure came out, um, we have to make 60. I thought, oh, oh that's impossible. <laughs> I thought, 
be <laughs> that's not going to happen um but um the person that put it forward was adamant that's what we had to get yeah. um and in the lead up in the week before i put the numbers together myself and i i thought we had 56 right i thought no i'm going to make 60 but <laughs> lo and behold, we, we got our 60, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there were obviously a lot of unknowns in there mm. in the lead-up. Mm. People who just refused to say? Oh, absolutely. Just... They, all the way along um, when we were trying to tackle um, LNP, and this was, this was before the election, you know, mm. well, well before the election, uh, where we were putting them on the spot all the time, but they would say, I need to see the legislation, mm. I, you know, I need to see amendments, I need to see all this stuff. They, they were holding off the whole way. Mm. Um, and that that sort of stymied us a bit because you just couldn't come out and uh, and say, you know, like they're against it, you know. You, or mm. you, but we did play the, 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 the line that if you don't let your um, constituents know, how are they going to do pass their vote you know this is important to a lot of the people in your electorate mm. so we did put pressure on them from that point of view um and the other thing is when we ran our campaign before the election uh we went into certain uh, electorates uh we you know we targeted electorates that we thought were important that we had to hold and we and because we're apolitical from that point of view we just pushed the line about who was said yes which candidate said definite yes and uh, which one said no, uh, which there weren't many of them, and all these question mark ones. So, right. so we had to play that line. So it was a careful, you know, So that was in the lead up to the last state election exactly. vote. Yeah. And were you at the polling booths? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you were handing out a leaflet saying, as far as we know, mm -hmm. in this election for this seat, this electorate, this district, here's what we know. This guy said yes, this lady said no, and these people have said they're yeah, not telling yeah, us. That's, right. e that's exactly right. Mm. And the idea was to put some pressure on the candidates, and mm. particularly the LMP candidates, although yep. there were lots of Labor um, candidates that had made up their mind as well, yep. um, put pressure on them that, uh, from the point of view of the media, media would turn up to the, and here we are with our signs and stuff like that, and, and they would ask questions. So uh, we were sort of gaming them in a way to, to put the question to the, um, to the candidates. So, so did any politician actually you feel was forced to state their position as a result of that? Do you no. think? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, but it, I don't think that was, it, I don't think that mattered. It just made them uncomfortable. And it also put Bonch and Sister dying out there, you know, put yes. that in front of the community as it were, because, yep. you know, they get asked this question and, um, and they're not, they're, they're, they're hedging, and at, at home, people are yelling at the TV screen. Well, it's a simple thing; just say yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. So, yep. So it didn't actually get an instant result, but it was just part of the pressure and the mm. lobbying on people, <clears throat> right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm Maybe. not digressing a little bit, but mm. the we, we we did our research and we had our target seats to look at, mm. and um, and they did pretty well, you know, in terms of because. Because we thought that Volunteers for the Dying was a winner, a vote winner. You know, mm. if you got eighty percent of the pop of the electorate saying yes, I want this, how can that be a negative? You know, mm. <laughs> so so <clears throat> um, so yeah, w you know, we we thought yeah that 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 would get the candidates that were pro that came out across the line, and so we were in electorates where the candidates had declared their position. Now they were. 
they were Labor candidates um, across the board. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you were in some electorates where Labor had declared its position, and that, um, and then that put pressure on the LNP guys, particularly mm. in an urban seat, I guess. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, a particular one that comes to mind was Townsville in um, Thurangawa and uh, where the Labor guy had really come out strongly in terms of favour of voluntary assisted dying mm. and we had an v- extremely strong um, local group there, Dying with Dignity, yep. and they were putting pressure all the time on them. <laughs> they were relentless. Right. Right. And and then the oh, when I said no, none of them came out, well, the LNP candidate there did come out in favour right. because they felt they were losing um, yes. to it. And uh, it was a, we knew the Labor guy was under a, a bit of pressure because of the um, youth um, crime there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so um, we like to think that, you know, because he was so much in favour, yep. um, that that helped him across the line. Right. Um, so, yeah. so but we're not, we're not political, remember. We're just, yeah. we're just pushing candidates that were pro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. recognising that that would push their vote. So how many electorates were there that you were active in? <clears throat> we had five in southeast Queensland and um, there was um, Bundaberg and um, in the Townsville. So there's Marimbar, right. uh, Tharangara and um, Townsville, yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> in each of those, you had people at a few booths, did you? Yes. We, right. couldn't, we couldn't cover everything. No, yes. No, that's yeah. right. So... Maybe eight places times three booths times a couple of people. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 that's right. Fifty people maximum on the not ground. Not many, not right. many. It's hard. To, it's hard to get yes. people to do things like. Well, as you know, yes. it's really hard. Yeah, people are sitting in their home going, "Yeah, yeah, I can do that." But when it actually comes to the crunch ops yeah. and go to the football or something, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get on to later on how many people in dying with dignity are actually active and doing mm-hmm. stuff, yep. and how much was it just a core group of half a dozen sure. people? But we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Okay. I still want to talk about um, the vote. Yes. And um, so there was a rally outside Parliament House yes. the day before. Yeah. Was, uh, you met Shay. Yeah, yeah, her. Shay was there. The yep. subversive was there. That was great, meeting yes. up with her. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so was that sort of thing useful? In- um, it was useful in a couple of ways. And, um, and I must admit it was my idea to do that. You know, and, and I realised early on that we had to get in there fast. And I... And uh, you know it was quite early, and I said to our president, "Look, we really need to do that." And she said, "Yeah, yeah, we've got time." And I said, "What if Cherish Life get in there and book the spot?" And well, she was there the next morning at the police station filling in the forms, you know. So, oh, oh your president was. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yes. So, because uh, yes. yeah, you got to, you know, jobs have got to be handed around, and that's sort of her, her forte. So, yes. So, um, yeah, and. So we felt we needed to be there, and the, yes. and, and and the police don't like different, you know, opposing groups sure. in case there's trouble. So, yes. so we felt we had to get in early. So, um, yeah, so that's happened there. So so it was useful from the point of view of showing the MPs inside. They weren't actually inside then. It wasn't until yeah. the next day that Parliament started. But it did show them that there was that community interest out there and there was, a you know, people really, really wanted it. Yes. And it also gave an opportunity for those MPs that were strongly for it to sort of turn up and have their face there, right. even though they weren't asked to say words. Um, right. It was, we're again pushing the fact that we're apolitical. This is across yeah. the board type thing. Yes. Um, but, the, you know, police, you know, they, they want to be seen. So, so they did pop their heads. There were the, some there. And I, right. Unfortunately, I missed some of them with masks and things like that. Yes. Sometimes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a bit annoyed with myself. They didn't recognise some of the right. politicians and didn't get up to say hello to them. But, R- um, yeah. but the other thing you want too, the other thing we had in our mind was down the track, 
we need images of that to show politicians mm. if there's a movement against this in the future. Look, look at these images. These are the groups that were out there. And we had banners everywhere. You, you wouldn't mm. have seen them on the TV. Mm. But we had banners all over the place from all the various groups that were supporting volunteers to the dying. And so... Mm. Those images are important going through to the future. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't there, but I saw the photo that Alison took. It looked um, looked like a calm and, um, yeah, it wasn't histrionic at all. It was just no. very calm was the feeling I got yeah. looking at the pictures, which yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah and, the, the, and the, we had speakers um, there and they they were great. You know, mm. they, they did a fabulous job. And as you mm. say, it was calm and measured. Mm. Um, and I just have to... Um, just um, comment on that. All the way through our campaign, we kept saying to our supporters and any groups that we came in contact with, look, we've got to keep this respectful. This mm. is about the issues. It's not about the people. Mm. We've got to respect the opponents. We've got to come from a strong evidence base. You know, we, we've got evidence on our, in our favour. We've got the moral um, strength in our favour and that we don't have to get hysteronic. We don't have to become zealots or anything like that. Mm. Just keep it quiet and civil and respectful and mm. that'll win the day because you know the opponents eventually go to lose the plot and start right. <laughs> yelling and screaming or something like that. Yes, yeah. yes. <clears throat> if you're in the chat room, you've just joined the live stream. Mm. Um, I'm here with uh, Craig, who's the Vice President mm. of Dying With Dignity, and we're just wallowing in the glory of a, <laughs> of a victory. And uh, in episode 299, we talked about the ins and outs of the legislation this episode is to talk about how how it was done, how it was won, and what lessons are to be learned for other community groups. That's the idea of this podcast. If you're in the chat room, hello, Daniel, Jack, James, Don, and Greg, and Tony in the chat room. So if you've got a question, throw it in there, but just sit back and listen to Craig as we enjoy a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Okay, was there, did anyone renege on a previously stated position in the sense of, yes, I'm in favour of it, and then turned around and voted against? Did you get anybody um, do that to you? No, I don't think anyone actually came out str strongly that way, in a strong contradiction of what they were saying previously. Yep. Uh, the one MP, I was a little bit um, surprised not completely surprised, but annoyed I didn't get round to seeing him. Yep. One, one escaped me, yep. and that was Bart Malish um, from right. Aspley, uh, the Labor guy. So, okay. so that I should have seen that coming, but I didn't. Yeah. Okay. In, in your, I'm imagining a whiteboard with all the names. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was a spreadsheet. It was a spreadsheet. Okay. Yeah. And did you have like a rating of how strong you were confident? Oh, yeah. Of, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. And the, the other thing we, we did, we asked our supporters and members who had spoken to an MP or got some sort of email back or something like that to yes. give us feedback, you know, so that so that we can weigh things up and see right. what we need to, to put our efforts. So, And that was really helpful too because some of right. come back and you think, oh, they're just sitting fence, and they come back and they say, no, he said definitely, he's definitely in favour of it. And, right. like, and, uh, and here I'm worried about them and then I could sort of say, okay, we put our efforts somewhere else. Okay, yeah. and then you, at your spreadsheet, move them up and notch your two yeah, in your yeah, confidence level. That's right. Yeah, All right. yeah exactly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, thinking about the people who voted no, and this will be a tricky one, because, uh, you know, other than a couple from the Labor, it was, um, it was LNP and Qatar and mm. One Nation. One Nation, yeah. yeah. So for the LNP, thinking of the ones who voted no, the LNP traditional conservative party is all about personal freedom, freedom mm. of the individual, individual liberty, individual autonomy. Mm. If that's, you know, 
the heart and soul of your of your party. That's you know that's describing your party in a nutshell to people, and you know lack of government interference in your life. If you know the only reason I can think that those people would say no would be because of a religious motivation. It mm. seems to me because the policy of being in favour of voluntary assisted dying should go hand in hand with with that libertarian sort of viewpoint that these yeah. people should have. Is it hard to... Can you tell whether that were, it was religion that stopped those people being in favour? Or was did any of them have any legitimate reason other than... <laughs> <laughs> um, I Well, there's a couple of things to say there, and I, and I don't particularly want to talk about names in, in, in the yeah. no camp at all, yes. or, or they did with Bart. Malish, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't know his motivation to be honest, because as I said, I didn't target him. Yeah. But um, yeah, but in the Liberal camp, those that I spoke to at the, the LNP, um, there was definitely those who were, I think you called small L liberal, and right. and they they some of them were just concerned more about governance and and um, economics. That was a key thing, and and they. And uh, and one in particular said to me, "Look, you know that stuff. I, I I'm more interested in the economics, but I realise this is my job, and I've got to weigh things up." And um, and uh, he was pretty good from that point of view. And he said he said things like, um, "Entities having a conscientious objection. How does that work?" Okay. <laughs> he couldn't. Yes. Under, it was things he just couldn't understand. And this was yes. coming from his own party. So clearly, there were sort of divisions there in terms of thought. But yeah. I did get the impression, unlike what I heard from the you know abortion debate, was that um, they truly did have a conscience vote. So they, they were having to make up their own mind. Yes. But to get back to your question about um, religion, um, we had some certain LNP uh, members up, and we didn't target them at all. So they're they're probably sitting at home going, saying, "Well, we didn't hear anything about this." Yeah, like Tim Mander and yes. and um, Mark Robinson and and those yeah. sort of. Yeah. LNP, so they'll they'll be thinking that this wasn't a big issue because we weren't, we, but they were a lost cause. Yeah, that was just they're just going to tow the religious line. You can save yeah. your energy for yeah. somewhere where that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's no use wasting your time there. I saw his uh, reason was actually he said, well, it's LNP policy to be against voluntary assisted mm. dying. Mm. That's what we went to the election with. Mm. So that's mm. what I'm voting was more or less. Yeah, his, yeah. His so argument. he's so. right in the sense that mm. that was um, LNP policy, and mm. I assume it still is. Mm. Um, but you know, granting a conscience vote overrides that, yes. and because of that, um, Labor Party com, um, state conference back in uh, where it is, I, I got it here down somewhere. That that be, so it was Labor Party policy yes. to to have volunteers, and so there there was that that party line underlying mm. things, and I think. That's got to make MPs a bit anxious, hasn't it? Even if mm. they've told, look, you're free to do whatever you like, and they were, mm. um, it's got to be a bit of anxiety there, particularly if you're a bit bit unsure of your seat or pre-selection or whatever. So, yeah, mm. yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as arguments go, it's probably one of the better ones by Tim Mander to say, well, people would have voted based on policies, and that's our policy, and that's yeah. what so yeah. I, I can yeah, accept right. that as a reasonable yeah, argument. Yeah, that, that was probably the best argument of the whole yes. lot, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think I had, I wrote one thing down here from one LNP guy. This is during, during his little thing in, in um, Parliament, and he said, um, um, faith and God is a higher power 
than this parliament. Right. That was his, that was his reason. So okay. there we go. <laughs> and he sat down. <laughs> well, he said more than that, but that right. was the crux of the matter, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that, you know, compared to Mark Robinson, who I would have thought that would come from him, he, he wasn't really pushing the religious thing as much. And I think it's because mm. he's been shot in the foot too many times by doing that. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So um, the speeches, by all accounts, there were a lot of emotional speeches mm. and people got... You know, politicians got up and told a few personal stories mm. about their parents or friends or whatever. So how many days were there of speeches? There was three days of speeches and um, and uh, my job in one of the other DWDQ was to sit through the whole three days. Well, parliamentarians got up and walked out and came back and had their lunch and did all this and we're sitting there just <laughs> uncomfortable. I've got to say... Parliament House needs a renovation. It's, right. it's a serious need. And so we sat through the whole thing yeah. uh, and I, I felt I needed to do that for a couple of reasons. I wanted to. Yeah. But the other reason is under behind my mask, people can see my beard hanging down. So the MPs could see someone up there that they could recognise as being from DWDQ. Well, they might not recognise others because, yes. of the, because of the sign. And, oh, a third reason why I had to be there. I knew Cherish Life were across the aisle. Right, and they were there. They were there. As uh, well. They were there, yeah. And um, <clears throat> I, I can't say for 100%, but, gee, probably 99% sure that that was Cherish Life. And yeah. and they were still waving to MPs that we know we were definite no. Uh, right. Not that you're supposed to do that, just you know, yeah. probably only twice during the whole right. the whole three days. So, right, yeah. yeah. And your pencil got confiscated. Oh, my, yeah, I, well... You know about my arm. I, I go through the metal detector. Boing, 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 boing. boing. Oh, what was that? Oh, no, no, I suddenly remember my arm. So it yeah. makes me go back and forwards a few times and check yeah. my pockets and that. And, and and I tell him about my arm. Yes. And he couldn't, the guy couldn't cope with that. And he said, oh, no, it must be your belt. <laughs> he just went. <laughs> He'd never heard of somebody having metal <laughs> plates. For in some the... reason, he just couldn't cope. But he had to punish me somehow. So. So the only thing I want to take up was a piece of paper and my pen, but no, no, pen, pen, everything has to go in the little locker. Right. <laughs> so right. the first day, I didn't, I didn't take any notes for the first day, which is a bit of a shame. Right. But, but the crazy thing was there were people up with pencils and pens and writing things and, yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. So the media didn't turn up much till the oh, end? Yeah, or they yeah were no, they were there, but right. they weren't there in numbers. So yeah. they were, oh, I think they've got to be accredited with Parliament, the, the media, okay. and they're they're up the other end from the public gallery, right. so they're, they're looking in a different direction. Did they ever approach you and ask you for... No, but that wasn't right. my job. You know, I'm, not, I'm not really good in front of yeah. cameras. So we had, yeah. we had our you know, you know, people who deal with that. So right. yeah, yeah, everyone had their job. So, yes. so um, We'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm very interested in that. Okay. Yep. So what speeches struck you as interesting and what arguments were made that you mm. might have... Um, yeah, been surprised or just think the listener might find were interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the one that stuck in my mind, and this is just because of the involvement, was Aaron Harper in uh, from Tharangara in um, in Townsville. Um, he's been the driver. It's it seems to be across the board in the different you know like Victoria and Western Australia and South Australia that, that there's one parliamentarian that puts his hand up to go or her hand up to go, um, you know. I'm put, this is my big thing. This is what I'm going to push. And it was Aaron Harper. And um, it's interesting because he was a bit iffy right back, you know, be, way before any of this sort of started about whether he should get on board and that. Um, 
but our our crew in Townsville, boy, they were tenacious, <laughs> and yeah. they convinced him. They convinced him um, to do this, and he's a paramedic too, so he had inkling. He'd been to you know, I, well, I assume so. You know, most paramedics have been to suicides and mm. that, and 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 learn that the person will have terminal illness, and that's the reason why they committed suicide. So yes. so once he sort of got his head around the, the philosophy of it and the ethics of it and that, then he was just gung-ho. He was all for it. And he was the head of the um, the first um, health committee um, before the first, was that 2017? Mm-hmm. And then before this and this new health committee as well. So he was the head of the um, the chairman of those health committees. Yep. Uh, and the hours he put in was just amazing. So so when he got up to spoke, I was already emotionally charged and so were our crew. So it's a bit hard to know how everyone else is feeling. Um, but he lost it. He was crying and, you know, and as mm-hmm. he talked about everything and, and uh, in, in, the, in, in, in the public gallery, we were crying. It was, it was so emotional. Yeah. So right. um, if you ask me what he said, I have no idea. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> it was on the first day, so I haven't got any notes. But it was just the emotion of the thing that got through. And right. and. <clears throat> And so there were quite a few stories that came through, and I think that was the, the, the that was important that the the people the MPs against it could hear these stories again because yep. some of them wouldn't have been as involved as the other MPs and yep. and might only be hearing these stories you know for the first time almost which yes. is hard to believe but yes um, no, so just... so those stories were were were, were really important um, yeah and um, the other one that. The other two that sort of struck me a bit was Cynthia Liu from MP from Cook in in the far north. She's a uh, a Torres Strait Islander, mm-hmm. um, and she had personal stories as well. And the way she came out in favour of this um, w- was great to see. Yeah, that was important. We we were worried about her for a while because we kept hearing this thing from the opponents that the indigenous people need to be involved and all this other thing. But mm. as you say, they're just like everyone else. There's some for it and some against it and mm. the other thing. So the fact that she came out in favour was great, but we had to do a bit of work there. And um, we've got an rep- another representative, a doctor in North Queensland, who's on our committee, and she finally spoke to her and she just came out and said, yes, I'm in favour. And so that was it. We didn't have to worry anymore. Right. And there's the other one um, Aboriginal person in Parliament... Um, Oh, who's um, um, just forgotten her name just off the top of my head. Oh, Leanne Enoch. Um, she's from Elgester. And I didn't realise that she had Aboriginal heritage, mm-hmm. but she came out and spoke to that as well. So I thought, you know, this business about Indigenous people not wanting it is mm-hmm. a bit of a furphy. And, yep. and also the first person in Western Australia to access voluntary assisted dying was an indigenous person. Right. <laughs> I'm going, well, this, you know, and I think that helped because it, I didn't hear that argument come up anymore. It was sort of like right. it was dead in the water. So so that got rid of that 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 problem. So yeah. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm imagining stories where people were talking about their parents who mm. had a rough death mm. and how it was terrible to watch them suffering. Yeah. If only this was available, that would have been. You know, so much better. That those just a number of stories like that. Yes, yes. yes. And yeah. I think that that made our job easier. That mm. MPs had personal stories, and that's mm. that made them yes voters. You know, in, in yes. terms of parliament. So, yes. so that made our job a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think the people who voted no just haven't had that experience as well? Do you think is it possible that maybe? Um, 
you, 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 I think some of them were swayed by the nay arguments a mm. bit, even though they may have felt personally that there was something in this. They felt the greater good was, you know, towards um, avoiding those arguments, which are hard to, you know, to it's fathom. It's yeah. just hard to imagine somebody witnessing, a, you know, a terrible, tortuous death of their parent, mm. for example. Mm. And then voting no. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. hard to imagine. It is. It yeah. is. Um, so, so it's... Yeah. So... We'll it, never know. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, there's a few things like we actually thought we had the catters on board. Yes. Very early on. Very yeah. early on. They they were making all the right noises. We had we had one of our people working on them and he thought they were in the bag. And yeah, But but I always knew that an MP in the bag is not in the bag. <laughs> so what... So the how many cater members are three they, and they all three voted against it. Yeah. And what and what was their argument? What was um, the argument? The principal argument right through from the no voters in, in, in no no MP voters mm. um, was um, that palliative care had to get up uh, had to be better um, first before we had VAD. Now I know that doesn't make much sense. Yes. Um, and the. Other argument, was, which was sort of a, a subclause of that argument, was, and there's no equity across Queensland. Like, there's better palliative care in southeast Queensland, not in the regions, yep. and that inequity um, of access to um, palliative care was a reason not to do it. But okay. I, don't, I can't buy that argument. I can't fathom it myself, yeah, but really. From their point of view, they think, you know, the whole reason for being is we're fighting for the regions mm. and we're now fighting for better palliative care in mm. the regions. That's mm. what we're doing. So mm. as a means of differentiating themselves that's right. and that's that's, right. that's what they're all about is, yeah. Yeah. is better yeah. that, services That was the, the main argument against, yeah. which surprised me a little bit. In fact, the catters, yeah. <laughs> Robbie put up a, an amendment to, um, to sink the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and this was with, you know... The, you do the second reading and a vote, and then you do the debate before yeah. the final reading, which is the debate. Yeah. And um, he's, he said, um, this is it, Mr Speaker, I move that the words now read for a second time be deleted and the following words be inserted. Considered further after the state government has committed to provide the required additional funding of $275 million per year, he's not asking much, <laughs> yeah. to palliative care delivery. Uh, yeah. uh, so so he tried to squash it. and. Yeah. Um, and you know that got a little bit of you know razz from the other MPs that this was a bit over the top. But, um, right. But, yep. But the interesting thing was, once he did that, there were LMP that voted, um, supported his his motion. So right. they had to ring the bells and get right. everyone to do a vote. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> okay. So for all the speeches uh, and emotional pleas and the arguments, did any of that change anybody's mind? Do you think? <laughs> Um, who was voting? No, I don't think so. I think mm. there they might have been because, as I said, I think I thought we had fifty-six in the bag. That, and I was trying to be as honest to myself and not over-optimistic. But yeah. I was trying to be, you know, that's the best evidence we had. So, yeah. so I guess on that you could say there were four. So, also. so yeah. when you thought fifty-six, mm. how many unknowns did you have at that? Oh, we had quite a lot. Yeah, right. we had quite a lot of unknowns, mm. um, but. Um, they they were more on the no side, the undecided yeah. side that we thought well, I probably won't go, you know, yeah. sort of thing. So, the, yeah, because the LNP weren't playing ball and telling us, mm. um, we had that group that 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 
might not have come across, yeah. Yes, okay. <clears throat> so none of the no voter arguments impressed you or none of their speeches impressed you at all, really? No, not really. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think if there was anything. Um, the, the, when the, the thing that worried me, there were, there were certain things that they were going to push. They were going to push the push the 12 months back to six months. And, mm. um, I thought that might happen, um, but they stayed strong in that. Um, but the, um, the the thing that I thought might be a problem was the institutional objection entity. Yeah, the, let's the just briefly explain <clears throat> for the dear listener. So in other states, this hasn't got through, but basically the Queensland one said that if uh, you're a patient in a Catholic hospital and you want to access voluntary assisted dying, then... Um, uh, the hospital's got to sort of allow the information to get to you and they've got to allow a transfer if it's possible, but if it's not possible, they've got to allow somebody else to come in and mm. provide the service. Is that kind yeah, of well, right or, um, or not? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd sum it up like this. If you're a permanent resident there, a long-term resident, it yep. doesn't matter what institution, Catholic or whatever, your home is your castle and that's it. You know, right. they, the, the Catholic or religious or whoever doesn't get a say in, in stopping that. So right. that's just, um, and that, you know, so that's something that's not in the other states as far as I'm aware. Yep. And, uh, but then the thing that made it a bit complicated um, is that there's a gradation in terms of what you're allowed to do in, uh, in an entity that's objecting. And the um, accessing information, they can't stop people going in um, although there's a proviso that it should be a doctor and that sort of thing. So they, they do have some restrictions mm. in providing that information. If a person wants information, they should be able to get it. They don't have to leave the institution. Mm. Um, and then there's, um, then there's then it's broken down into the requests um, and then the assessments and then the actual provision of the, um, the uh, VAD substance. So, mm. so the restrictions get a bit worse as... as as you get down in towards the nitty gritty of things, yeah. Um, the the big thing that um, is the rescue for for uh, VAD people um, wanting to access it um, is the provision that if it's going to cause harm or even financial problems with doing them the transfer, or there's no other option, you can't go anywhere. If if mm. your Catholic entity is the only thing you can place you can go then yes. it's not fair to be chucked out in the street you know yes so there is those provisions and which i thought were a fair sort of thing and to be honest i don't think they're going to be used very much because if you're looking at this do you really want to be in a place where they're sort of shunning you you know you probably yes. would make a move you know try and um transfer out to a more pleasant sort of setting and that um yes so, um, so, so I think it's fair, though. Yeah. So that's the big difference between the Queensland legislation and the other states. Well, it's it? even bigger than that because the other states are just too scared to even address it. Yes. And and we've seen problems, you know, in Western Australia and Victoria yes. because, um, yeah, people think, oh, I'll just do this, and no, you're in an in entity, an institution that won't allow it. So, yeah. did the other states try and get it in, and it was amended out, or they no, just didn't even try? Didn't try. There you go. Yeah, Queensland, Queensland has the best legislation it's very rarely very rare that you say that isn't it yes it is yeah yeah, yeah no we've got great legislation in vid yes great. Yeah. so why is that that we did get it that part in and the other states didn't and is this getting back to lindy wilmot and this other guy um yes. who i let me just ben give white you. ben white yeah, ben white and lindy milmot will mm. lindy wilmot 
mm. are professors of law at QUT. Actually, Lindy Wilmot uh, taught criminal law when I did oh. uh, law, so she okay. was a criminal law lecturer. Yep. Okay. Um, so they were the authors of the original Voluntary Assisted Dying Bill that Queensland's Parliamentary Health Committee recommended as the basis for law reform uh, in 2020. So, so they drafted the bill. Is, um, that, is, is that how it They worked? drafted a model bill. Yes. Um, because they weren't just thinking about Queensland. They were drafting it for the whole of Australia. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I can't remember when they did that, um, but it was out there. And it's not just the bill. That, you know, I mean, it's 20 years of research that Ben White and uh, Wendy Mil- Wilmot have put in, which might say a bit about your age, Trevor, that was yes. the criminal law before they got it involved is. in this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It was late 80s. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so um, they've put an, a lot of work in. And then the model bill, I oh, just can't quite remember when they came out with that. But they also adapted a little bit depending uh, um, on, on, you know, on what came out of Victoria and Western Australia as well. Yeah. Do you think that model bill was out before the other states passed theirs? Oh, good question. You don't know. Can't remember. Yeah. I okay. can't remember. But anyway, it seems like it was a great starting point mm, to mm. then at these committee levels where they're generating something, there's mm. this model bill that these locals, well, Lindy's local and I guess Ben White. Yeah, Ben is. White's you So the fact that they mm. were local mm. uh, Queenslanders and have done this model bill and mm. why don't we start with that? And I guess the head of the committee was this guy who was quite... Aaron Harper, yeah. So having a really committed head... Having the locals on the ground who drafted a model bill that mm. had this in it, yes. all the stars aligned. The stars were aligned. That's exactly right. And mm. uh, and it was hard to hard to argue against it because the mm. the position of um, uh, uh, Lindy and Ben were was that it had to be evidence based. So, mm. so I, I know evidence based in law is a little bit different from clinical medicine, but they looked at you know all around the the world and and looked at. The um, the outcomes and, and and all that sort of stuff. I I, I can't you know, talk to it very much, but mm. that made it really hard to argue against what they were trying to do in the bill. Yes, um, because they had all the arguments there on why they did what they did in the bill. Yes, yeah. there was enough history and experience around the world that they could draw on. Yes, yes, yeah, that's right. A bit so. like where we are with COVID at the moment. There's now yeah. so much history and yeah. data that we can draw on that we can. We've got billions of it's right. people. It's, it's not guesswork draw. anymore, folks. No, it's, no it's, that's right. It's a fairly yeah. large scale sample size yeah. we've got happening now. So yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, so that's exactly it. Now, mm. the um, I'm trying to think in terms of what the Queensland Law Reform Commission did, because then it went to mm. them, mm. Um, but the basis that they started with, with was the White and Wilmot um, um, bill. Yes. And then, of course, then they looked at it, and um, there, there were probably some change. There, there were changes there, but I just can't think of the top of my head what they were. But mm. most of them were in response to things that happened in Victoria and Western Australia and that to try and improve things. Yep. Yeah. So prior to the vote, um, in the weeks leading up to it my thoughts were that's the one area that they'll really yes. hope to try and get amendments yes and it just they didn't get any traction yeah, with so that it, with with anybody yeah so they they so Janetsky from southern toowoomba brought you know wanted 54 amendments to the to the bill um and he he was one of the earlier speakers in parliament when they were you know talking about um 
you know, going through the, the MPs and they were all doing their 10 minutes, because everyone got 10 minutes to speak, which went on and mm. on and on, on forever. Mm. But, um, but he was pressing that. But he, he shot himself in the foot a bit um, because he said, even I think it was him, even if these amendments go through, I will be voting against the bill. <laughs> <You're going. laughs> right. Okay. Well, you're not genuine in, in yeah, seeking right. a, a resolution. Yeah. And right. some of the other LMP got up and said exactly the same thing. And you're going, well, oh, yeah, okay. So we're not going to get anywhere by agreeing to your amendment. That's right. So that's why right. should we agree? Yeah, that's right. You're but not offering us anything. You're not cutting us a deal. Not here. cutting a deal at all. Yeah. So so that, that's not an incentive to vote, you know, yes. put an amendment, is it? Yeah. So, so um and because there's 54, they spent a lot of time at the beginning on these ones before they got to the object. Yeah, so they were burning themselves out. Ah, um, right, right. And, and it was a psychological thing too because they'd go through these amendments and the amendments would get voted down. And the, the numbers changed depending on the amendment. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't 61, 30 or whatever it is. Um, they changed. And when they got to this, they tackled the information thing first. You know, and... That was the, the one that they should have left alone because that's people people want information. You know, they might yes. not decide to do VAD when they get the information. Okay, so, this is the part of the law that said if you're in a Catholic hospital, you you are entitled to information right. about VAD. And that's so right. they started with that as trying to yeah. get that struck out. Yeah, people which wasn't going to happen. <laughs> right. Okay. Yep. And then I'm wait. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting for it. And and I was really anxious at this stage because. Um, with the process, what usually happens and has happened in other parliaments is that the that one MP takes on the role as being the um, you know the response, lead yeah, the lead opponent. And mm. you you would have thought that was Aaron Harper, but no, they they um, they brought in Stephen Miles as a deputy premier because that's got more status, and so he was the one that was replying to these. And I was thinking. Oh, this is going to be really, really hard to respond to. This, you know, this is the this is the the hard one. This is it's it's hard enough for people just to read the bill and come to a conclusion and sort it sort through it. And they gave up. The opposition voters just gave up. And I was waiting for it, and nothing. And they just moved on. I'm going. You moved on at the right at the time when you. This is when you. This is your big moment, and nothing. I'm going. You beaut. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I know. What day was that? That was on the Friday, yeah. Was that day three? Yeah, that was – oh, no, Thursday, sorry. Day, Thursday, yeah, day three. Day yeah. three, the yeah. last final day. Yeah, right. that's right, that's right. right. Wow. So, um, yeah, I was going, oh, okay, that was easy. <laughs> so, so does that mean they were a bit disorganised oh, no. on the, on well, the, yeah, on the opposition side? Yeah, they, they, they were disorganised in the sense that they didn't think through hard enough on how to – how to um, put their arguments. Right. Um, but the other thing, as it went through and they were getting knocked back, knocked back, knocked back, you could sense that they were getting discouraged. You could sense the right. the, the despair coming in, you know. Well, that's yeah. what I felt as well. Yeah. And by the time they got to that, which was their big moment, you know. Right. They were they, battered and bruised. They were battered and bruised and, right. and, and all the oomph and, and will to succeed had gone out of it. What about the opposition leader, Chris Afelli? Oh, Chris Afelli, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what was his role in all this like? Um, well, he, he held off right until, you know, that third day, I think it was, before he, he, he put his position. Right. Uh, and he came out, of course, against uh, voluntary assisted dying. Yeah. But the thing that I respect him for, you know, and, 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 and this is important to say that you've got to respect people and play the bore, not play the person. And I, I think that was important. And so I respect him because he held firm on the fact that it should be a true conscience vote. 
And I truly believe he did that. You know, mm. he, he, he stood firm on that. So even though he voted against it, and I can't even remember his reasons, mm. um, um, that was good to see. Yeah, mm. that was good to see. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, so, so anything else in that sort of lead up to the vote and that sort of thing that we might have missed that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, right. yeah. Um, there's, there's, we got a scare. I think it was on the Friday before because the, because this kicked off. We had the vigil on um, on Monday with the you know, photo shoot and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. and then it's it kicked off on Tuesday. But on Friday, Thursday or Friday, it might have even been Thursday. A rumor hit the papers that um, cabinet was going to consider amendments um, and and change and bring that in at the last minute. Well, yeah, like <laughs> like we're going what? Yeah, mm-hmm. but. But we're sort of warned in a sense that um, from other states that that we knew this was going to happen, but that was a little bit of a curveball in a sense that 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 was coming out of out of cabinet, um, and and we got the word that cabinet would consider this on the Monday, so um, all our you know groups and you know li- uh, 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 allied groups and that that were supporting BAD hit social media, sent out. Emails to all their supporters did all the thing. We, we were, by that time we knew everyone knew how to how to how to um, to, to reach out. Um, so they all reached out, and apparently on the Friday, um, parliamentarians just got swamped, <laughs> absolutely swamped. A couple of couple of parliamentarians' emails went de- <laughs> went, really? went down. Yeah, there was just it was just massive. Um, but could that also have been from the from the other side as well? Could have been the cherish the cherish could've the been. life. Could have been yeah. doing the same. Could have could have been. But um, yeah. we we think a, there was a lot of our supporters that did. It's impossible right. to know for sure. Right. How many supporters are there um, in dying with dignity? I think we when we first when we first sort of started, we had two thousand. Okay, mm-hmm. but I think it was something like thirteen thousand by the time we got to the end of right. the race. Which is a pretty good number. That is a good yeah, number. It's a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, is, and that, is that mostly Queensland? That's mostly Queensland, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. But there, you know, look, Go Gentle have got a heap. Um, there are other right. groups around who've got their own supporters too. So when you yeah. add it all up, it's, yeah. it's quite a big number. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, okay. And yeah. so, so such a scare that then Cabinet didn't. Yeah, well, the other thing that happened, which is that. this is the inside story here. Yes, um, the that's other what thing we're that, here for. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell don't, don't, yeah, dear listener, don't tell anyone. <clears throat> but um, the other thing we had was it wasn't just that that was doing because that wasn't enough. Because you, you know you, you you need people in the ear of the MPs, just you know spot on, you know right there on the spot, and and so we had our our um, you know our people who um, were had the ear of. of the various cabinet ministers, um, and they were they were on the phones. Um, and the, by this time, we were we had a, a strong relationship with the electrical trade unions and uh, trade union, and um, uh, and we tried to build up a relationship with the unions per se. But we were in this situation where we couldn't be seen to be labour, mm-hmm. and so we had to step back a little bit, uh, keep our foot in the door, but step back. Yes, but. Um, we reached out to the ETU because they had a guy, um, Peter Simpson, uh, Simo, they called him, who was, um, he might have been the secretary, I forget, of, of the ETU. And he got uh, a terminal cancer and he died about a year ago. But he came on board as, you know, like this is going to be the ETU's big thing, uh, which was great because um, the ETU took it up. And, um, yep. and 
And I, they, I, they've got everyone's phone number. And they've so. got everyone's phone number. Yeah. Um, particularly the deputy premier's <laughs> phone right. number. Right. And so I was speaking to their organiser there, not the not the secretary, but their organiser who was, yeah. you know, I was, you know, I was on the phone to on yes. and off. And, um, and he, he, on the Sunday, he said to me, don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so I, I shouldn't have said that on, on, on podcast land, but, right. but it, he wasn't doing anything more than everyone else lobbying. was. He was lobbying. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't just him too. You know, right. our, our guys on the, you know, not the to you, but, but no, our guys no. were doing the same thing. No, so. they don't cherish the life of making the yeah, same they were doing the same. Good. Yeah, that's and, right. And twisting arms that's wherever right. they could. That's, yeah. that's. Yeah. So, yeah. so by the time he said that, I think yeah. it was all over Red Rover. They'd got the message over the last couple of days. Yeah, provided um, he wasn't passing over brown paper bags full no. of cash. Or, or actually, if it was a blind trust, maybe that would have been okay. <laughs> blind trust would have been fine. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. So, yeah. so yeah, there was a, it, it, the, I think there was just, we had everyone primed. Yeah. We said just, you know, it was basically saying, if we need you to move, move. And they did. And Good. that swayed cabinet. So right. cabinet came out and saw there and said, "No, there won't be any amendments. We won't be bringing any amendments to the table," which was right. great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the after party was pretty good. Yeah, the after party. Um, we went to. We actually ended up at the ETU. There we go. I'm saying we're not labouring. <laughs> we right. ended up. But truly, the, the ETU were were really great in terms mm. of um, the vigil. Because as I said, it was me that sort of started the ball rolling on that. But. Mm. Um, when with when I first started with um, dying with dignity, um, one, one of our the people, that, the person that keeps the sort of numbers and and, and, and supports that, said, "Do you know the average age of DWDQ is seventy four? And I went, "Oh, okay. If the average age is seventy four, there was an awful lot of older people at that. So, mm. so we, we so we were invited along to the ETU for the Arsenal of celebration, which was great. And uh, but it was. Like chalk and cheese, we had all these oldies there, our group, and yes. all these, you know, beefy, beefy guys there. But yeah, you know, and uh, um, so yeah, that was that was all right. So we we basically stayed long enough to be polite, and then yeah. we said, well, we gotta let these guys get on, and yeah. they're trying to be polite while well, yeah. us oldies are there. Yeah. So um, so then we went back, and um, some uh, quite a few of our members were um, took um, rooms at the Park Royal, so right. it was close to Parliament House, and yeah. so um, and one of our members. Um, well, actually, I think it was his wife um, booked out the presidential suite, so we yeah. called that DWDQ headquarters. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so that was that was good, and so we got together there. It wasn't yeah. a big group, yeah. um, but it was the the key people were there, which yes. was great. Yeah, and hopefully a nod to all the people over the decades, really, yeah, who have been oh, involved yeah. and who are yeah. no longer around, because it's right. it's been a long time coming. It yes. has, it yeah. has. Um, so. Um, we've been in action 35 years, although I can only mm. document it back to 30 years. There, there are people mm. around who were there at the beginning, um, but right. it was like that sort of thing when you first started. Back then, it was sort of like you don't have any sort of formal sort of thing. It's just a group of people getting together and saying, "This mm. is what we should do." So mm. um, I can't, you know, I can't quite nail it down, but I can definitely go back 30 years. Right. Um, so, yeah. so that that was that was good, um, you know. And and then you're right. There's all these people who. When it wasn't popular, you know, mm. when it was, you know, this fringe group, you know, just banging away, just, yep. yeah. And Probably thought, it's not going to happen in my lifetime, but yeah. I've got to make a start. Got to make a start. Mm. And and we owe, uh, we owe gratitude to these people for, mm. for for getting the ball rolling and just keeping it just 
just enough in the public eye that people are thinking about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So what I want to move on now was thinking about community action and how and why Dying with Dignity was successful. Yeah. So I guess one thing um, I'll start with is, um, you know, like the Labor Party has done lots of things wrong around Australia. <laughs> Yeah. And it's still doing lots of things wrong that are really yeah. annoying me. Yeah. But it was a Labor Party policy that mm. sort of got this done mm. and it wasn't a minor party that was mm. getting it done. So, you know, yeah. in, in my eyes, I sort of think, I don't know, maybe in other states, was it a minor party? Have Did, did minor parties get things done in other states? No, but, no. But this is where I say to people... You know, the fringe parties that are around that might have policies that you like, mm. um, if you really want change, mm. it has to be one of the major parties, it seems to me. This seems yeah. to me the classic example of having to get into the Labor Party and get the policy changed to actually have a law changed. Is, yeah. is, oh, is that that's a absolute, valid takeaway from oh, this? Oh, yes, absolutely. There's no yeah. doubt that uh, for voluntary assisted yeah. dying, the party in power is the one that has to drive it. Yeah. And... In some sense, you've got to make them um, um, believe it's their idea. You know? yes. <laughs> There's no point creating the Dying with Dignity political party yeah. and trying to get votes and get members yeah. and, for, you know. It's- yeah. we, um, we had a couple of opportunities to bring an independent um, uh, MPs, um, yeah, um, you know, pol- um, bill. bill. Yeah, right. a bill. Um, but we turned them down. You know, we we just thought it, it had no legs and it was a bit of a waste of time and energy. So right. So um, we turned them down and um, we ran with this. And I, I, I've told you the story with the you know how it, how it got up and and it, it, you know with it's worth repeating. Yeah. Okay. Gives, you, this, this is a good story. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's right. So <clears throat> the our other vice president um, is a member of Labor. Yes. Excuse <clears throat> me. A member of Labor and. She, you know, clearly being in DWDQ, that was her big thing. And, and she really, really joined because of this, you know. And um, she, she was in, the, you know, like a, whatever the branch is. I don't know the structure. You might know it better than me. But the, the, the branch structure was pushing that. And then, you know, peop, some um, people came on board. And then, then eventually they we went to the regional sort of um, meetings and that. And, uh, and then... It, and then it got on to the um, – she managed to get it before the um, policy committee or, or whatever it's called. I'm going to get this slightly wrong. Yes. But, um, and then to a surprise you – know, you know, the branch sort of support it, then went the reason support it, and then the committee, uh, the policy committee, and then they support it. So every time she was thinking, I'm not going to get very far. And, oh, okay, I've got one more step. Right. Um, and then eventually the state um, – com- the state – Convention in Townsville Convention. or yeah, something like that? Yeah, that's right. I think it was Somewhere in Townsville. North Queensland. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Townsville. Um, yeah. And that was before the 2017 election, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, so it got onto that, um, onto the agenda there. But um, at that stage, I think Palaszczuk was a, probably against it, but, you know, wouldn't come out and say, but I think yeah. she was more on the right of the party. And, yeah. came, and, and so it got put on the agenda, but got put right at the end of the agenda because what happens in Labor state conventions usually is that they don't get to the last items on the agenda that's why it's important yep. to get it in first yep. but they zipped through this agenda and there it was out there you know, we're going to vote on it and bang it was voted in and 
everyone's sort of stunned and here it is it's it's party policy so yes so that was a that was a great win for us you know yes. and um yes. and it just shows you how one person can sometimes just yes yeah, get, she started yeah. at a branch level and yeah. just worked it through yeah. the system that's right over presumably a couple of years yeah. and then and like yeah. you know as it as it moved forward there were others that came on board so it wasn't yes. in the end just her that was pushing yes. it yeah and um, there is an, even an organisation with Labor called in in the Labor organisation called Labor for Dignity too, which um, right um, uh, you know became strong probably really because of the ETU, the Electrical Trades Union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. So, um, and and how did you get involved, Craig? Like, um, well, I was trying to think back when I got involved, but that goes back to the Secular Party days. And so the Secular Party is involved in this, and, and you were too. We, you know how we're talking about how to get the message out and all that sort of thing. And, and uh, the, the, the um, talk came around to, um, you know, we need to reach out to organisations. So I thought, oh, I probably needed some sort of connection with them. And, you know, because of my medical history, I thought, mm. yeah, well, this, this would be a good one for me. And the other one was... Um, because I've got a, my my wife's got his her nephew is trans. Mm. I, I joined P flag and I joined Dying with Dignity. Right. Um, right. And uh, I just went along to meetings for you know a couple of years and, and yeah. not really doing anything. And then yeah. um, there became a vacancy on the committee, and they asked me, and I thought, oh, okay, this is it. Better mm. do something. Mm. <laughs> Keep talking the talking the talk and better walk the walk. Well, you were in the sweet spot of just recently retired and you probably yes. retired a bit earlier than you wanted to yeah, for health well, reasons. Yeah, that's right. So you had um, time yeah. and energy and you still had your yeah. marbles. So you were in a well, sweet spot of productivity. I don't productivity. think I had my marbles. Right. I think I'd, I'd argue that. But, yeah. And um, you probably don't realise that because I joined the secular party not long before you. Right. And I, I was under a chemotherapy fog at the time. I, right. I really wasn't with it. And I, I know sometimes you will look at me and go, what's he on about? You know, I was completely spaced out. And, and if I wasn't spaced out, I would have done stupid things like right. <laughs> join committees and that. And I warned them. I said, look, I'm not really with it as yet. And, yes. um, but I, I'm proved with age. <laughs> Yeah. Very good, very yeah. good. So, um, so I'm interested in, you know, often with voluntary groups, it's a core group of four or five people who do all the work, mm. and not much else happens outside. Like, how many genuinely, you know, what's the sort of structure in terms of active people working mm. hard and doing stuff, and you know, every week, and others who are maybe just once in a blue moon when required. Mm. Just I'm interested in how many people would be It's the really same committed. as any other group. So there was the eight committee members who yep. just worked their guts out, you know, right. to be honest. Yep. But to be fair, um, you know, in regional areas, um, yep. there were core members there. So we, yep. what we tried to do was have an elect, what we call an electoral coordinator in each of the electorates. Yep. Um, and often in most lectures, that would come down to one person. You know? Yes. <laughs> That's the best they can do. Yes. Um, and again, it came back to how much we, we could support them. And unfortunately, the, ele the ECs in, in electorates where it was all sewn up didn't get much support at all. Yes. Uh, um, but they did do things like, you know, write to the local papers and, the, you know, put social media things up. And, right. And, 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 and they, they were valuable in the sense that if a, if a newspaper said, look, we need someone in that electorate, have you got anyone? Right, yeah. okay. Okay, we've got we'll someone. We'll find someone. We'll find someone. Right. Um, but there were um, a few people, you know, uh, you know, and when I say a few, it would come down to like 
four, five, six, something like that yeah. um, in some key areas. And um, we had a core... No, we only really had one major person in Harvey Bay who was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and they just did massive amount of work. You know, if you have one person that's doing heap of work, it's, they're, they're worth 100. Yes. Um, and we had a really good group in Bundaberg, as I said. And Bundaberg yeah. is the interesting one because Bundaberg... The Labor guy got in by nine votes, uh, nine votes, and that is because of DWDQ because they were working their butts off, and they held um, forums and things like that. And at one of the forums, the um, I shouldn't say this story, should I? But the, let's just say the LMP guy uh, slipped up, okay, right. and annoyed a lot of people in the community. Right, nine votes, remember? Okay. He annoyed more than nine people. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you that. There you okay, go. so right. um, I won't go into anything more than that, but yep. I, I'm sure um, MPs m- m- mess up like other people too. But yes. that, he messed up at the wrong time for him, unfortunately. Right. So, right. and maybe in retrospect, he says, "Oh, gee, I shouldn't have said that," or whatever. Right. Um, so, so we know that. Labor owes us in Bundaberg. Okay, so you had a, a good person in Bundaberg, for example, who says, "I'll I'll host an event yes. uh, and um, help me out. What should I do?" Or and, yeah. and you say, "Well, hire a hall, and we'll help you spread the word." Yeah, and yeah. Well, some of us will even show up. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. We yeah. did. Um, so yeah. at one stage, there were um, I I wasn't part of that, but there was a yeah. we called it a robe trip where we'd go yeah. round to the major yeah. centres that we needed to do and yeah. as far north as towns. But I don't think we went to Cairns. So, yeah. so you hire a hall somewhere. Yeah. And how do you get people to turn up? Uh, then you start. Um, you if you've got an MP on side and it's a you know that they they want, then you can use their contacts to get right. it out there. And also um, get them to speak. Um, right. You know, okay. So so yeah. that so it depends on whether you're doing it as a community thing or an MP sponsored one as right. well. So so it depends a little bit. Um, and sometimes it'll be something like on the Gold Coast. We had a really strong group on the Gold Coast too, yeah. and they were the, the, the they were part of the Gold Coast. They call themselves the Gold Coast retirees, um, and they had all those. You know, they had a whole heap of people who were retirees, Gold Coast retirees, yes. and so so they were they were basically pushing um, these forums and that down there. Okay, yeah. so they would say we're going to host this forum, and they'd approach the local member, for yep. example, and yep. say we're going to have all these people, yep. all these voters. Yep. Would you like to come to the event? And yeah. Would you like to um, let your constituents know via all of the means and channels exactly. that you've got available and yeah. And then you just hope that 100 or 200 people will show up. And, yeah. And, we didn't have money to put in sort of yeah. ads in newspapers and no. things like that. It's far too expensive. Um, yeah. So you have to rely on social media and word of mouth. Um, yeah. and, and in an LMP-type electorate, which you know, I guess Corumban is, yeah. um, then that's pretty hard because you're not going to get any support from them. Yeah. So who pays for the hall and who pays for the PA system and all that sort um, of Well, most of the halls and that have their own okay. system already. So, um, that's a really good question. I might have to talk to the treasurer about that. But we did right. have money. We had some yeah. money. Yeah, we just didn't have a lot yeah. of money. So, so things like that. We, you know, the yeah. cost would be borne. And a lot of our, you know, little groups, um, they would, they would they find had, a free hall. Somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, or exactly. if the MP is sponsoring it, yes. he would know a place. Yeah, that's free. right. He Usually there was some it. way around it. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you might just have to put on tea and bickies or something. Yeah, tea and bickies. Right. That's right. Yeah. We, yeah. You know, we, we were in the 
um, yeah. age demographic where Tim Vickies works every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, gather some names and you sort of get them to try and fill in something so you've got a contact. Yeah, that's right. And then the other thing is you contact um, the local media because yes. the interesting thing about media is you don't need many people before it looks like a crowd <laughs> when right. you're taking a photo. Yes. So even if you have small numbers, yeah. People can't see outside the photos, so they don't know how many people are on the sides, yeah. Right, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I'm thinking somewhere like Bundaberg, not much would probably happen, so... Oh, no, look, no, it's a, what surprised me, it was a completely the other way around. When we do events in Brisbane, it was like no one would turn up. Yeah, well, people yeah. would turn up, but compared to the population of Brisbane, yes. the numbers were small. But if you go to Bundaberg, you get a whole heap of people there. Yes. You go to the Townsville, you get a heap of people there. You know, Harvey Bay, you get a heap of people. You know, so you know, they don't have the distractions. They don't have the distractions. And, and yeah. they actually want to catch up with their mates. Yeah, they that's right. Be there as that's well. right. So, yeah. so it's exactly the opposite to what you think. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that doesn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. But, but I'm just thinking, like, local towns, do they even have a newspaper, a Bundaberg No, we'll see, most of them, so a lot of them closed down yeah. about a year ago. That's right. Yeah. So you've got to remember, this is going back a fair way when we were when, doing When this. we still had regional newspapers. we still newspapers. had newspapers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And, we, and the other thing we would do with, um, um, were market stalls, you know, the markets. You'd, right. You'd do something like that. Um, right. And um, hand out pamphlets, although with... with Stores a lot um, with the markets, you know, unless you hire that got a store and pay yeah. the money, um, you'd have to stand outside as people went into the market and yes. hand out pamphlets. Right. Okay. <coughs> and oh, oh, and shopping centres. It's amazing how many shopping centres would let you go in and um, have a little table there and hand out pamphlets and stuff. And that. Right. yeah, so we yep. those sort of things were in the in the early days when it was just trying to get information out to community, yep. not concentrating on really MPs very much. It was just sort of trying to get the message out. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, um, so how did, how did you communicate in your key management group? Like, are, yeah. you, are you on a Facebook messenger group or are you um, an email group or? Yeah. So, yeah. so just, just, a, you know, one thing there, um, um, it's important to try and get a committee who are open to listening to each other and, mm. and trying to get consensus. <clears throat> I know before I came on board, um, the uh, and just backing up a little bit, our president, Joss Hall, who took over, I can't remember when she took over, it was before mm. my time, but um, um, she took over and she basically said things were pretty antiquated in terms of you know it was still letter writing to members and stuff like that you know like fax machines <laughs> yeah yeah that's it. well i don't think they were that sophisticated oh, right. it, it, we were really talking about an Postage older demographic yeah, who yeah. who's bought up with writing letters and, and yes. stuff to me so so she realized that things had to be modernized a bit and um and she just she just the other day she said to me i really wanted to get some younger people on board you know younger is like me <laughs> Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> in yeah. my 60s sort of thing yeah. and uh yeah it just just shows you so um to try and you know get this going because it was yeah. really languishing a bit so so that's the first thing so but to get back to your question um yeah there, there are a few little hiccups in terms of people coming onto the committee who didn't fit in it was sort of you know a little bit like it's it, it wasn't really my way or the highway they were just sort of Focused in one direction, and yep. and that would cause friction because they wouldn't, they were you know set in their ways in a sense. And yep. I'm not saying that in a bad way or anything no. like that, but mm. but um, they basically moved on until we got a, till there was a committee that was sort of 
open to listening to each other and working yeah. together. Yeah. And um, so she did a really good job on that. So we did have a committee that could work closely together. And, and I learned, you know, I was a little bit sort of like, oh, how do you contact people and you do emails and stuff like that? But I rapidly got the idea that just ring them, <laughs> just get on the phone, talk to them. If, it, if it's important, you know, I felt yeah. if it was important enough for me to talk to me, I would ring them. And, right, uh, meaning another committee member. Another right? committee member, that's right. right. Yeah. And we would have meetings on a regular basis depending on what was happening. Yeah. Um, uh, so, a physical so we, meeting or a, it had to be, I guess, remote in recent times? Yeah, yeah. It was Zoom pretty well from the beginning. Right, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if we had any... Because we had, you know, some of our committee weren't in Brisbane. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we had um, one... We had... At one stage, there was a committee person from the Gold Coast, and we had... A long time, we had one from yeah. the Sunshine Coast and yeah. uh, Townsville, Bundaberg... So, uh, Cairns, Cairns, yeah. yeah. So it had to be Zoom. So, for example, if the person in Bundaberg says, I want to... I think I should run a, a get-together, then you just ring a few of your committee members and say... Yeah. Joe yeah. Blow's doing this. And That's right. Are you free on this date? Let's mm. just go. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, mm. so it was sort of, mm. yeah, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, so, yeah. and the other thing was sort of when I first joined was sort of just finding where did I fit in? You know, where, mm. you know and in the first meetings, I was just listening and there's all these people talking about different names and this. And I thought, who the hell are they talking about? I know mm. nothing about this. So it takes a little while to sort of find your place and things. Mm. And then, um, yeah, then so... So it was a pretty good committee because everyone had their sort of little bit of a forte and what they could do and mm. um, and, um, and and had their roles, as yeah. it were. So what was your role? Um, my role, well, I can start off as vice president. I yeah, can go, I, but, but your activity role. My main yeah. role initially was sort of helping with modernise the committee in some ways. Right. So, mm. you know, um, and I looked at the IT side of things and I'm not mm. an IT person, but mm. but it was sort of like, well, we have to do something here, so yeah. um, we have to get it professionally. We need to spend money to make money. Or yes. fund, you know, Save money. Make money. Yeah, yeah. So, that's right. So so I looked at that and had all these great huge flow charts about how yeah. it should work and stuff yeah. like that. So I did that. But my other big role for me um, was writing submissions and letters and, and all that right. sort of stuff. So, yes. Um, and um, one of the things that helped was that I could put this – Capital DR in yes. front of my name, and yes. you know, to get a bit of you know, yep. you know kudos, you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. and so so yeah, so I spent a yeah. lot of time doing submissions and stuff like that, and yeah. um, there were false, not false, but you know, rabbit holes you'd go down a bit, and I knew that I would do a lot of work on something, and then that would come to nothing, but yes. that was part of the process um, uh, of getting there. So. So yeah, and I guess the big submission I did was for the QR, QLRC, the Queensland Law Reform Commission. So, yes. so they asked for um, when yeah. Anastasia Palaszczuk asked them to look at the legislation. Yeah. I spent an inordinate amount of time just going through it, a fine tooth comb, yes. you know, making suggestions and 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 that to try and find fine tune things and point out where there were problems and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not saying anything against. Um, White and Wilma, but it's not just about the legislation; it's about also implementation and that stuff like that. Yes. So, and also putting it in a way that people could understand it and that. So, yes. so yeah, I got a bit of kick out seeing some things in in, in that eight hundred eighty eight pages. I go, hang on, that's mine. Yes, you mentioned <laughs> yeah. you yeah, thought so, yeah. they've copied and pasted my my work. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's right. So, uh, yeah, it's only small things, but yes. Uh, but yeah, so I I did an awful lot of that sort of thing mm. with the election. I spent an awful lot of time 
ringing around. And in fact, I was just on the phone all the time. And, that, mm. and, and Jenny and my family were, yeah, my wife and my family were, yes. so what the hell are you doing? You're just on the phones ringing all the time. You're talking yes. to because when you're, you know, it's, it's like an election campaign. You're just yes. organising things, and it just takes an all amount of time. So, so those are the sort mm. of things that I did a lot of. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of all the contacts that have been developed, is, mm. that, is that in a database now, or is it just in everybody's head, their own personal contacts? Yeah, personal right. contacts. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we did mm. keep a bit of a database on that, like mm. you know, like you're supposed to, and that was part of the modernisation thing, is yeah. having a good database so that you could go back to it but yeah um so you say well there's you know this member's got this sort of skill and that if you need to call yeah. on it and that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so just to finish off looking mm. to the future so um you know would you be campaigning i don't think campaigning is <laughs> the word against no voters in future I'm just thinking where there was maybe a Labor person mm. who voted against it, would you be reminding their electorate this is what this person did or yeah. is there pressure to be applied because of fear of repeal legislation in future? Yeah. Um, I would hope that um, we would get a sense of it, you know, because there's enough contacts that people would pick up the phone and say, hey, Craig, you know, or whoever's on the committee, like I've heard this rumour from so-and-so you know, gee, I'm a bit worried. You know, and about a repeal. Yeah, about right. a, yeah, that's yeah. right. And yep. um, and so, I think that would give cause to uh, remind the constituents of that um, electorate that he voted no okay. or she voted no. If that came up that way, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. And and then you've obviously there's an implementation phase now. Yes. So there's a lot of work still to be done yep. in educating, well, developing procedures. Mm, mm, mm. Forms yep, yep. have to be developed yeah. and you guys, obviously the government does that, yep. but they'll be seeking input we or need not. To, we need to keep close scrutiny of what's yes. going on yep. and uh, make sure that we've got a foot in the door. If, yep. you know, if they're thinking of something, can we somehow have a look at it yes. um, before it sort of you know, goes to the printer or whatever yes. um, for review? So, so that's going to be one of our jobs and roles. Um, yeah. We will be relying a little bit on one of our. We, we had a coalition. We had a coalition of DWDQ, um, Doctors for Assisted Dying Choice, and the Clem Jones Group. Yep. Uh, and we worked well together. Um, uh, you know, there was also um, Everett Compton's um, Christians for a Voluntary Assisted Dying. So, mm. that, so we had a, this coalition which worked really well together. Um, so I think the doctors' groups are going to have to step up to mark a little bit and, yeah. and, and get, you know, from their experience in yeah. Victoria and Western Australia, yeah. um, and they're in close contact, you know, yeah. you know, with each other and talking about these things on a, on a professional basis. Yeah. So they've got that um, experience on the ground and they're the ones that are going to say, hang on, this just doesn't work in Victoria or Western Australia. Yeah. We, we must make sure this doesn't go through. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in regulation, yeah. Yeah. So that is one of the advantages of being late to the party is, is you get to yeah. is you get to learn from other people's mistakes. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, mm. Yeah. And um, um, yeah. So that's that's a big job that's coming up. I haven't mm. thought about it at all. Just yeah. I just couldn't put my mind and, to it. And being the medical guy in the committee, I can uh, see a lot of that falling yeah. in your lap. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> And, of course, other states. So uh, yes. I saw somebody in the chat room before mentioned about what's the story in other states. And um, 
I understand New South Wales, for example, is the last the last state state that mm, doesn't have it exactly. It, other than the territories, other uh, than the yeah, territories, yep. that's right. Um, mm. um, and I feel sorry. Uh, Marshall Perrin, who mm. was the chief uh, Northern Territory chief um, minister, um, is in. He belongs to DWDQ. He mm. lives on the Sunshine Coast, and he's been a great help in terms of giving us encouragement and and making comment on things as well. And uh, mm. we've been in close contact you know, on and off through this whole process. Mm. Um, he, and he was at our celebration <laughs> at DWDQ yeah. headquarters, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and that. So, so he, he's a great guy. And you met him. You right. met him when you came across. Oh, okay. That was Marshall Parent. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Now, I, I had to go to QUT <laughs> for, for my work, and as I was walking into QUT, you passed Parliament House, yeah. and I knew that the... Debates were going on, and I just sort of looked across, and there you were, yeah. <laughs> waiting to go in. Yeah, I scu- scuttled across and said hello. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, just so, um, so that was Marshall Perrin that right. I, was, I was talking with. Yeah, right. right. Um, so, is are you guys? What's happening in New South Wales then? Okay, so, so news. So we got a lot of support, and, and across Australia, each DWD has been supporting each other, um, and we got we got financial support from Victoria. Um, South Australia and Tasmania because they'd been through it and they had funds left over that, that they put in because yeah. we we basically spent everything before the election. We said, look, if we don't get pro-VAD in, we're not going anywhere. We're dead in the water. Yeah. Um, so we just said, well, to hell with it. Let's go and spend, <laughs> spend every last dime effectively yes. on getting this through. And it, it, proved, yes. it proved good. And, but yeah. We didn't have the sort of funds that Victoria and uh, Western Australia had to do their right. their campaigns. They 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 had heaps of money, you know. Yes. Um, and we we were just dirt poor. Yeah. So um, we reached out and they kindly gave us money to help us get us back on our feet in terms of um, you know putting ads and you right. know boosting Facebook and and yeah. all those sort of things. How come they had more money than you? What was your um, what was your? It, it was partly. Um, our fault in terms that previous committees weren't as um, geared up to that, you know. So it just depends on the makeup of committees, how good right. they are. And some some um, DWDs were um, much better at fundraising than that. And that right. was that was a big downside. We just left our run too late to do that. Right. Um, Go Gentle were there, and in some ways they hoovered up the the, the, the donations a little bit, right. um, which was unfortunate for us, but. Um, I was philosophical about it and saying, well, you know, when it comes to the crunch, they've got to step up the mark. Otherwise, they'll, you know, they'll That's, look like ears. And they yeah. did step up the mark, I've got Good. to admit, yeah. Right. Um, so, so they put money into, um, you know, advertising and stuff like that, which um, we couldn't do. And they, yeah. they also gave us – the other thing we got from them was expertise in terms of PR sort of stuff and that and as right. well, which was great because they'd had experience in doing this in, in the other states um, – so they were good, but yeah. the other. The, the, so we, uh, you know. So besides funds, the the DWD that helped us the most was actually New South Wales because it, it was in their interest. They, yes. when it looked like we were going to get it through, and and to be honest, we the reason we didn't get much support initially was that every time we took Queensland, well, it'll be the last one. Well, right. there's no. It'll be like a hundred years before it gets it through, sort of thing. Yeah. So when it looked like we were going to get it, you know, people suddenly got excited who normally wouldn't have been excited. Yes, but. DWD New South Wales have been incredibly supportive to us yep. uh, and a very professional um, unit, um, much more professional than us in a yep. sense. Um, and But they knew that if we could get it through, 
it, it sets their up argument there, yeah. so much easier. So the best yeah. help we've given to New South Wales is to get this through. Yeah, yeah so now it's the embarrassment yeah. of being the only state yeah, that has state, it. That's right. right. So is it Labor Party policy in New South Wales? Um, I don't know about the policies of the various um, parties, but I believe the Labor um, leader is against it. Berejiklian is against it, but um, but the Nationals... Um, oh, hang on, isn't Berejiklian's Liberal, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the, so the Labor is leader, whoever that is... Yeah, I can't remember his name. ...is against it. Yes. Right, okay. But the Nationals, um, what's that, Barra? Oh, Barillaro. Yeah, yeah, he's in favour of it, so... Right. So they're up against it because right. unless you get... Yeah, well, this is the key to Queensland was, was the, getting it as part of the policy. Yeah, that's right. And also... You know, Anastasia eventually coming out and saying, yes. I support this. You know, yes. that's that's massive. Yes. It's absolutely massive to have the, you know, like in, in Victoria it was yeah. um, Dan Andrews. You know, yeah. it, it's, it can't be overstated how important it is to have the Premier behind something. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm. Why doesn't the New South Wales opposition leader in favour of it? Is this I person... don't know. That could be a personal thing. Yeah. Honestly, I have no, I've been so focused <coughs> on Queensland, I have n- no okay. idea. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. Presumably, yeah. Mm. Then attention will turn to New South Wales and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, if if yeah. anyone can push it from a grassroots point of view it's the New South Wales team they are you know they are just fabulous they right. really really are good um, in fact they send us down a bit of a am I have we go for time and one way doesn't we don't. The systems I have don't charge me extra money. Let <laughs> just keep shade just keep out, of the, out of the shark yeah. tank. So. Yeah, this, um, it was um, interesting that uh, in New South Wales, they um, um, at one stage they formed their own party to um, push okay. it. And the reason for that is that you get a, a lot of free advertising if you're ah, actually a yes. candidate. You know, yes, yes. People s- suddenly say, you know, a politi- yes. um, journalist suddenly want to interview you yep. and... You get a seat at the at the um, meetings before the election. That's right. There's a bit of a town hall or whatever it is, and right. it's on that bit of paper. You know, right. I forget what their party was, what right. the party was called, but right. they did that, and um, it it stymied me a little bit because one of the things I was I had to do was I had to rewrite the constitution of DWD because these are the jobs that I ended up doing uh, or participating was but i was the main mover yep. and also getting um we didn't have donation status you know a charity status at all yes um and dwd new south wales um didn't either and i believe they're going for it now and right. the reason they told us was that they wanted to do this party thing and if, if you, as soon as you're charity no, that's right you can't you're be stuck. political you yes. can't be political so yep. so um at one stage there, when it was looking like, oh, gee, even though it's Labor Party policy, it's not going anywhere because the Premier hasn't thrown her weight behind it. And so... so In New South Wales? No, in Queensland. Queensland. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sorry. In Queensland. So yeah. so just based on what we were told from DWD New South Wales, uh, we actually at one stage started the process of getting a political party up and right. running just so... It, publicity from doing that and um you right, know, yes. would be would be really great so uh, here's me writing another constitution and right. doing all this stuff for this party and uh, i remember it was like okay do we or don't we push the- i had everything ready to go you know right. spoke to spoke yeah. to the electoral commission had it all geared up spoke to them and all ready to go is anyone going to press the big red button <laughs> right and then it was sort of like it was as close as that and then um um, people, and the committee no. finally decided they said no, and as it turned out, that was the right decision. Yeah, yeah. So really, the 
key for New South Wales, if it's not already, would be to get it on as Labor Party policy. Yeah. Really yeah. is the next step they yeah. have to take. Yeah, because so, you can't see the, the, the Liberals coming on board. Yeah. So if you are in the chat room and you know the story on New South Wales Labor policies and whether it is their policy, let us know before we wrap up in the next minute or two. Yep. But if you are a member of the Labor Party, John <laughs> Simmons out there, um, see what the story is in terms of kicking it off, getting it. Yeah. If it's not, then start at the branch and move it up and see what happens. That's yeah. what happened here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. All right, Craig. Well, I reckon we've probably covered it all. Is I it? Think uh, so. Let me just see, um, uh, Alison. Oh, Alison, that look, a, yeah, can I awesome say yeah, a, a special thanks to Alison? You know, okay. she, was, she was great. Um, mm -hmm. She knows what I'm talking about. Uh, okay. I don't want to mention names, but okay. she did her, her bit, and, and that's great. And yep. um, she was at the at the rally as well. And uh, um, so, yeah, hopefully the next cow off the rank is parents for a secular state school can, can get something up in Queensland, yes. uh, which would be great. Uh, mm. say, I want to say hello to Scott too, because mm. you know, he, he, mm. was, he was doing his... He, he was keeping an eye on Cherish Life, and even though it was it was excruciating for him reading the Cherish Life stuff, and, yes. and if there's anything of relevance, he would forward it on to me because I, I honestly didn't want to read it unless <laughs> I had to. <laughs> you didn't want to subject yourself to it. Yeah, that? that's right. So yes. hello to Scott. Um, yes. Who else was I supposed to say? Oh, there's so mm. many people that uh, contributed in that. that mm. You remember mm. Frank Jordan? He was. Yes. He had a bit. He was yes. in the mix a bit there with the humanists as yes. well. So. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So there's lots of people. Yeah. yeah. Something in the. Yeah. Yeah. To well, do with it all. Well, good luck, Craig, with all the work that's still to be done in terms of just the regulations and mm. the paperwork that has to be put in place for all this stuff yeah. over the uh, next period of time. So. That's just going to be as time-consuming. Right. Yeah. I can see as yeah, right. as everything else that's yeah. been going on. So, um, but a great achievement. So, dear listener, a victory, a victory <laughs> in the rational, secular, humanist world. Yes. Um, oh, so can I say thank you to the to Meredith Doig and right. uh, the Rational Society? They were yes. they were great too. There's so many names I'm going to forget, but uh, Meredith yeah. was great as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, well done to you and your team. And good luck with just the regulations and yeah. um, have a good break. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I intend to. And, uh, and dear listener, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, that was good just to get the behind the scenes um, and for the history of it, you know, um, it's good to put it on the record as to how it all happened. So, um, yeah. yeah. And thank you, Trevor, yeah. for giving me a chance to debrief because yeah. <laughs> yep. that's great. Yeah. yeah. And if people ask you in future, well, what what did you do? How are you working? Just say, well, go watch episode 313 yeah. and yeah, it's all right. there. Yeah, that's so. right. yeah. All right, dear listener, next week um, I'll be back with the panel with uh, Joe and Shay and I get to talk about submarines. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, have I got some stuff to say about submarines yeah. and how shitty government who knows nothing about submarines and our terrible media who know nothing about submarines and i am just going to go off my tree about submarines so i have a good rant about <coughs> submarines so um so yeah so in enjoy we'll, we'll talk to you next week um thanks for tuning in bye for now yeah bye bye dear listener with how good folk in the land of the podcast deep throtter here a follow-up from the last podcast in relation to Iran Fuster's fascination with the magna carta Questions to me were, how different was the English in 1215 if the original words of the Magna Carta were read out? Would we have understood any of it? Irenfustus, ye olde English, was actually ye olde Latin.
Legal documents at the time were written in Latin. Some court documents were in French and often not even Norman French. Apologies to Joe, the tech guy. So in 1215, lawyers and the church were doing the same thing as today by speaking in technical jargon or a foreign language. Keep the peasants bamboozled and in the dark, in other words. There is a further complication. The first complete translation into English was in 1534. In 1541, someone issued two pages outlining printing mistakes in the 1534 edition. There are three clauses of Magna Carta that still remain on the statutes in England and Wales. The first one is the example that Iren Fust used. I checked it against the uncorrected 1534 edition and is the same as the modern statute. I then hunted out a better translation from the Latin. Although the wording is a lot different, it does to me mean the same although lawyers might have a field day with it. 1215 was the time of early Middle English, which is an area of interest for me. So for fun, I translated the first sentence into the English of the time, but took the liberty of not using any pesky Norman French words so the peasants of the time could understand. Again, apologies to Joe, the tech guy. So here it is, in the better modern English translation and then in early Middle English. In the first place, we have conceded to God And by this, our present charter confirmed for us and our heirs forever that the English church shall be free and shall have her rights entire and her liberties inviolate. And we wish that it be thus observed. Our first heaven way to God is covered. And be this our writ, yetender for us, and our afnames, echelicha, that English church shall be free and shall haven hither richte so lunga, and hither freide me brocken, and us lusteth, that hit bethus is seyen. So that's me. Ich danke jo from deep throtter. Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, first up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing something at some time and you might be repeating something I've said and when you're talking to your friends say hey I heard this on this podcast and it's worth listening to and maybe pick an episode that you think's a good one and direct them to it like grab their phone and go to their podcast app and search for Iron Viz Velvet Glove and subscribe <laughs> on their behalf on their phone and uh, and just put the word out the other thing is you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode. And really the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from $1.50 Australian to I think $10 and various ones in between. It's really what do you think it's worth? Is it worth a cup of coffee? Uh, is it worth more than that, less than that? Whatever you get out of it, because not everybody gets the same. Maybe you don't listen to the whole thing. Maybe you never talk about it with people. Maybe you really couldn't care less half the time whether the podcast is there. It just It'll be different for everybody. So if you get a lot out of the podcast, contribute a bit more. If you don't get much, contribute less. But in any event... 
you can subscribe there. If you don't like the idea of a regular subscription, the website has a link to a PayPal donation. So you could just do a one-off donation every now and again. So there you go. It'd be good to uh, spread the word, get a few more listeners. And that way, look, if we ended up getting more listeners and more money, we could do maybe a second episode or more special episodes, provide some more content. So it's up to you. If you think it's worthwhile, let people know. Thanks.